Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the video and audio podcast. The subject is very topical, very polarised and very important, and that is when, if and how you should quit your job. Now, I was inspired to do this because there's a a great thread about this going on in the progressive property community. So I know I've got people watching and listening who are on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, who are in the progressive and unlimited success and disruptive entrepreneur community. So I'm going to try and keep it relevant to going into your new desired business, whether it's property or Amazon or, you know, if you're in a job and it's got a bit stale. But what you often see is quite polarised opinions, like some people say, you've got to quit your job, you've got to take the risk. And of course, many people say it's crazy to do that. You've got, you know, mortgage, overhead, family. You know, if you if you're buying properties, you want to be able to sort of show an income and get mortgages. And these are all really important things to discuss. So much so I've even made an agenda and taken quite a detailed amount of notes rather than just running my mouth off. So let's go. I'm going to cover the extremes, either one staying quitting. A couple of stories of how this I've been in this situation two or three times myself and the result. How your personality plays an important part in it. The benefits and drawbacks of backs of both quitting and staying in your job. Resourcefulness. Some of the resourcefulness things that came out when Mark and I actually were thrown in the fire that probably wouldn't have come out. And then how to make that decision and should you make that decision and when to make that decision. All right. So First off, I think it's really important to state that there isn't actually a right or wrong answer to this. There's a you answer to this. And, you know, some people will say, you know, you've got to stay in your job because you've got to pay all your bills and you can't take big risks. If you've got families and overheads and debts and bills and loans, you know, you don't just want to jack it in on a whim. And, you know, like whilst a lot of people in our communities have quit their job and they're probably glad they did, it's bad advice just to go just, you know, uh, giving you handing you notice uh, the next day. So there's quite a lot of these sort of gurus or trainers that basically say, if you've got a job, you're a loser. And I think that that's really quite patronising. And I don't agree with that. Sure, I quit my job. I actually got fired three times and I only had two jobs. So, you know, I'm not the best employee and someone like myself is probably not made to be an employee. But those jobs were important to me and they were part of my journey And, um, you know, I'm grateful I had them and I learned a lot from them. So you shouldn't just don't worry about what anyone says, you know, that, you know, being employed is bad or whatever. If you're like more of a supporter than you are a leader, then maybe keeping the job is good for you. But we'll, we'll discuss that. So first off, don't worry about what anyone says. If people demean having a job or whatever, then just ignore it because, you know, every CEO needs an admin person. Everyone who owns a building needs a janitor, a caretaker, a cleaner. Every landlord needs a tenant. And I'm so grateful for all the people that work for me in Progressive. I mean, we've got 75 people that work in this building and we've got about another 100 outsourcers. And if none, if every one of them wanted to quit their job and be an entrepreneur, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So, you know, we all have our place and our place is individual to us. And for many people, many of you watching, but also many of you not, staying in your job or having the job is it's the right thing now what about if you love your job well i know that seems a rare commodity nowadays but if you actually love your job you're insane to go and quit it 
just to maybe make a bit more money or have a portfolio or start up this dream. You know, if you've got a dream of being a macaroon decorator, but you also love your job, I think it's not smart to quit yet. And I'll come to that in a moment. So if you are one of those people who love your jobs, my recommendation to you is to keep it and to devise a specific plan and strategy for you to be able to bring the other thing you want in, whether it's an Amazon business or being a public speaker or a a property business or whatever, and you can run them side by side. So before I carry on with the next part, say hi, tell me where you're from, please post any questions you've got. This is a highly topical, debatable subject, which I really want to sort of create awareness on both sides, should and shouldn't. And it's not about what's right, it's about what's right for you. uh, And also, if you're listening to the audio podcast, make sure you join us in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. And um, hey, I'm here to answer any of your questions. I'd love to help you with this because, you know, I've got experience in both. All right, so let's look at the drawbacks and benefits of both. So let's say you've got a job, the benefits. You've got your overheads paid. You've got stability. You know, you've got provability for, say, mortgages, or you've got collateral for loans, which may be valuable. You know, you may have a career path. You may be able to move up a ladder. You know, if you're a supporter or you're, you know, not this outright disruptive, crazy entrepreneur, you've got a path that you can follow. You can learn from the bosses and the bosses, bosses and the bosses, bosses. The job might be able to fund some of your training and development. For example, when I had my first and only property job, I had it for about 10 months before I got fired. There's another story in that. My boss paid for me to do a life coaching course. He paid for me to do a business course. He paid for me to go to Australia to do a public speaking course. And that must have been about 20 grand in in all of those that it cost him. And he invested in me. Obviously, he saw a benefit and I made him money and that was equitable. But, you know, I'd have had to have paid for that myself had I not had the job. So, you know, there's lots of great benefits having the job. What are the benefits of starting your own business and quitting early? Well, one, you liberate 50, 60, 70 hours a week. You can get a hell of a lot done much more quickly if you've got 50, 60, 70 hours a week. You're doing something that's for you. You know, when you're in this job, the downside is all the, all the things that you put in, you know, you're making the money for the company, you're making the money for the boss, you know, maybe you can't move the needle as much and make as much difference. But everything you do in your business is ultimately for you, for equity in your business, to build the value, to build your knowledge and education. You know, you're in control. You're never going to fire yourself, I assume. You know, and in a job, you might think, oh, well, I've got this security and this path. But actually, job security is much lower than it was. And it's it's, it's not the, the sort of the low risk strategy that it used to be. And so all the things you think are safe about your job are maybe not safe. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're in control, you run your own ship. Yeah, all right, you might have to burn the midnight oil, you might have to put in some overtime, but at least the overtime is for you and it rewards back in your enterprise. You have autonomy, you have more freedom, although I would argue that you know, you're responsible for your clients and your customers and your staff as much, if not more, when you run your own enterprise. I don't think you're just going to be able to freedom and everyone's going to listen to what you say and you're going to be able to bark orders. That was a naive fantasy I had, you know, when I started hiring people. So something to consider, though, is what if you've got a job and you really hate it? Now, that's quite common. Now, I think if you've got a job and you really hate it, I would encourage you to get out as quick as you can. That doesn't mean now, although for some people it's right now because you've been thinking about this for three, five and ten years. And if you think about it for another three, five and ten years, how worse is your life going to be? So if you woke up today and you thought, I really hate my job and I really love property, Amazon, public speaking, personal development, you know, my new idea, 
whatever, then here is my, uh, some thoughts. I was going to say advice, but I've got to be careful with this one because it's so important to make the right decision. Here are some thoughts. It's very wise to devise a clear plan and set a specific date in the future where you will then leave your job. So let's say you're, you're in your job, you woke up today and you hate it because something bad happened yesterday. What you might do is have a 12 month plan to replace half or two thirds of all your income in your job. You may have a backup that you'll reduce the overhead you know, of your living expenses in those 12 months to make that happen quicker. You may save more disposable income into a bank to have as a sort of a rainy day fund so that you've got a few months burn rate when you go into your business. Now, the powerful thing about setting that date is it orders time, space, priority and focus on that. If you never set that date, that never happens. And if you say, hey, one day I'm going to leave my job, you probably never will. So setting that date and that date needs to be somewhere between realistic and optimistic. If it's 44 years, well, it's too slow. If it's next Tuesday, well, you know, it's probably too fast. So six to 18 months is probably doable, depending how much you earn and how much overhead you have and what you're going into. And then what you do is you run a parallel universe for six to 18 months, whereby you're doing your job, but you're doing maintenance in your job. So you're not doing overtime and you're not, you know, doing loads and loads of work. You're doing just enough to get by. And then evenings, weekends, lunches and everything else you're putting into this new entity. Now, I've got to be uh, open and give you disclosure. When you're in that mode, it is exciting, but it is relentless. And, it, you, you, you know, you, you do have risk of burning yourself out. You do risk that, you know, you're not with your family so much. Now, if you haven't got kids and you haven't got any overhead, it's going to be easier, quicker and faster for you to quit that job. And I would probably encourage you to do that a bit quicker. If you've got 17 kids, like is the average number in Peterborough, and if you've got massive overhead, then I would probably encourage you to do it a bit slower and take 12 to 18 months or more to do it. Either way, 12 to 18 months in the rest of your 20, 30, 50, 60 years of life is not that long. But nothing happens until you set that date. So it's very important to do that. Now, Mark and I are very different. So Mark is the sort of guy that would quite happily get a job and quite happily do it if he doesn't enjoy it at all, if he can see an ulterior motive or another gain. So when he worked for the property company in 2000 and four stroke, five stroke, six. He didn't really like the job. He didn't really like the boss. He clashed and it wasn't where he wanted to be, but he was okay doing it because it gave him a bit of safety and security. He earned a good salary, but also he knew he was getting a really good education about building his own property company. Now, I'm the opposite of that. If I'm not doing something I love, I'm not working for someone I respect and admire, I can't stand the heat and the pain and I have to get out. And I kind of admire the way Mark can put all of his feelings aside and just do this for an outcome. He's very much digital and logical and his and thought process, which has many great benefits. I'm very much more emotional and spontaneous and disruptive, which has some benefits, but some drawbacks. So with Mark, he had this property job for two, two and a half years. He was getting loads of knowledge, loads of education. He was getting loads of paid networking around the country through the job. But I know he didn't really like it and he could handle that. But he hadn't set his date. And were it not for me coming in and going wham, bam, bish, bash, bosh, disrupt, he might have even still been there. And I know if he'd been there five years longer, you know, he would have sold his soul and he would have been a very unhappy man. So I came in, Mark helped me get the job. And this was end of 05, early 06. I started Feb 06 and I loved it. And I was really passionate, enthusiastic. And I gave, I was still doing my art, by the way, which is my previous business. But I thought, well, I could paint from 10 p.m. till 3 a.m. And I'll do this job. 
8am till 6pm and then I'll do my training, my gym martial arts in the middle between the work. And I was just like, I was a bit delusional, you know, that I could sustain this 12, 14 hours a day, but I actually did for about nine months. But I was single then, didn't have kids, so it was, you know, a bit different. But it was, that was a really exciting ride for me to run them in parallel. Now, when I first got the job, I kind of thought, well, maybe this could be a goer. You know, maybe this could be something I do for a long time. Maybe I, maybe I can move up and get, get the MD role and, and everything else. But I'd already got fired by my dad working in his pub. How'd you get fired by your dad? You must be doing something wrong or disruptive. We, we just clashed. And uh, so I was already starting to think, you know, I need to run my own business. But I was running my own business as an artist, but that wasn't going well. So I was also having doubts, could I run my own business? And all this was happening in parallel. I don't know if you can relate to any of that. So I got in, Mark took me under his wing, and I, fast forward six months in that job, and I realized that Mark didn't want to do it long-term, but probably didn't have the courage to immediately change. He had a lot of money saved up. He was already very successful, but for him, it was never enough. So that's a point to note if this is you. You know, sometimes you've got to take a bit of a risk. Sometimes you can't have three years, you know, worth of living expenses all safely, nicely, neatly put away in the bank. Sometimes that's the worst thing to have because it gives you comfort. And if you've got that comfort, you rely on that rather than rely on resourcefulness and disruption and, you know, going out there and hustling and making it happen. So we got to maybe September, October of that year. And um, a couple of things happened, a bit of a clash between myself and, and the, the boss at the time. And I just knew in an instant I couldn't work with him. I just knew. Now, Mark knew that, but he probably could have, he could have probably hacked another couple of years. I couldn't. And I said to Mark, we've got to go and set up our own thing. And actually, we proposed it to our ex-boss first. So I felt like we did it the right way. We didn't just, you know, um, leave and nick stuff like a lot of people do when they leave a company and, and set up in competition. You know, we proposed a new business model to him. We thought we could do it with him. He, he almost stole our idea and cut us out. And I felt quite wronged. And I knew, I, I knew I just, every day I was just like living this suppressed life. I couldn't take it. I went and did this big reality TV show at the time where we were locked away in a big mansion in St. Albans. And it was, it was billed to be the next big brother back in 2006. And um, so it left Mark in the job. And um, he, our ex-boss found out that we were plotting this new company. And he fired Mark. And he told Mark to fire me and tell me I was sacked. And I got us fired because the plans I was making, I didn't really do very subtly. But I put the plan to him first. But it was the right thing to do. I had to get out and do my own thing. Now, at that time, I'd, I'd, you know, I was 50 grand of consumer debt in 05. I'd got rid of a lot of my debt in 06 and I was earning good money in this job. I mean, I got nearly pretty much a six-figure salary, but I'd spent a lot of it. I'd bought a nice car and I didn't have much to roll over. Mark had quite a lot of savings and stocks and shares to roll over to sort of keep him for like, you know, probably quite a few years, although they'd never admit to me the amount. But I got us fired and um, it was quite funny because Mark had to take all the heat because I was away doing this reality TV show. And so we were kind of in a way forced in January 2007 to set up Progressive, which I was really excited about and Mark was slightly nervous about. And um, with our combined property portfolio and our training companies, I think we our gross booked business was about 16 million quid last um, tax year and will probably be 22, 23 this year. So thank goodness we did it. So what can, I, what, 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 what can you learn from this? Well, one, if you've got the kind of personality like me, where, you know, you're quite extreme, you have to do your own thing, you know, the sooner you quit, the better. If you're like Mark, you might need a more steady plan, but the risk is, it's never enough. If you can partner and have someone like me and someone like Mark, that's probably actually a great scenario. If you don't, you can set your target date and make the plan. But there are some downsides of also setting the target. 
date and making the plan. Because in 2007, Mark and I, you know, like I talk a lot about leverage and I talk a lot about hiring and systems. And I really believe that the shortest way to the most money and the best work-life balance and working less and earning more is using the life leverage philosophy. But in 2007, because I didn't know that then and because all I knew was hustle and grind, I worked 14 hours a day. Mark worked nine, 10 hours a day. I was writing our books. We were networking event, networking two or three days a week, going to every event that we could, you know, back in the day when PPNs, Progressive Property Networks didn't exist. You know, I was building the site. I was doing the marketing. You know, Mark was doing loads of viewings. We were buying for ourselves. We started looking at sourcing for others. We started looking at building the training business. And our... The reason I worked so much in that first year is because I had no safety net, I had no savings, and I had to get resourceful. And if I had three years worth of, you know, 10 grand a month overhead, would I have got as resourceful? Would I have worked as hard? Would I have traveled as much? Would I have burnt the midnight oil as much? Probably not. So many of you watching, you're not this latent resourcefulness that you know you have in you, every human being has in you, you're not using because you're staying safe. So this is the dichotomy. This is the balance. Now, if I said to you watching, if you've got children, the child that you love the most or all of your children, you know, the people that you love the most in the world, you'd only be able to see them one hour a month if you didn't raise a million pound in finance in the next 12 months. But if you did, then, you know, you get to see them all the time and be with them. You absolutely would be a given that you raise the million quid because you'd have to because it'd be resourceful. You know, you'd be a bit more committed. You'd chase every lead. You'd travel more. You would, you know, you wouldn't take no for an answer. You'd deal with your rejection. You'd you'd just be more relentless. And the problem with a lot of people who are employed. Now, sometimes if you have a good job, this is the danger. You have a good job and it's comfortable and you've got security and you've got good money. And that's hard to walk away from. But if that's not who you are and you're not born to do that and that, you know, you've got this dull pain and you know you're selling your soul. You have to make this plan, I believe, but not necessarily do what I did and get us both fired. Although if you get fired, you've got no choice other than to succeed. And that was a real blessing in disguise for us back then. All right. So let me go through my agenda and see if we've got anything else to cover. So, yeah. What do you love? If you love your job, keep it running parallel and use property as a vehicle to create passive income to do more of your job. If you love playing music, get property part time to give you passive income or Amazon e-commerce or public speaking or whatever else your sideline business is. Use that as the vehicle to fuel your passion. So, you know, you can either do this career full time. I love property. I love personal development. I love business. It's my passion and profession. So for many of you watching, if it's your passion and profession, that's going to be great. But if you've got other passions, martial arts, I don't know, um, music, anything like that, then use this career part time to fuel your passion because you know one of the most important things for you to do in your life is to find your purpose and live your purpose and make the most of your life and enjoy as much of it as you can knowing that you still have challenges and contribute to other people and inspire others and so if your job is that keep it do not quit but you may want property and another business to fund you being able to have a bit more freedom a bit more time you know maybe with your family and not have to do so much or so many hours And if property or, you know, being a trainer or an educator or a speaker or a disruptive entrepreneur or running your own podcast is a passion of yours like mine is for me, you'll get resourceful, you'll make it happen. You know, I had really no savings. I still had debt and none of that mattered. I made it happen because I love it and because I was able to be resourceful. Now, every human being is unbelievably, amazingly resourceful. Put your back against the wall and you will fight and you will survive and you will thrive. But too many of you are comfortable 
and your back isn't against the wall. And so this resourcefulness is latent and you can't bring it out. And when you bring it out, that's when the magic happens. So, you know, you've got to think about what you love and what you hate. If you hate your job, I do recommend getting out of it as quick as possible. If you love your job, keep it for as long as possible. Remember that either choice has a downside. So it's easy to look at someone who goes, oh, well, they're full-time in property. They don't have kids. They don't have overheads. It's easy for them. But their downside is they don't have a career plan. They don't have mentors they can learn from in a job. Maybe it's a bit more lonely for them. You know, they can burn out because they work 50, 60 hours a week for four to six months and don't get the results. And, you know, they burn out. They're, you know, they're maybe not as consistent so having a job and not having a job actually isn't better or worse there are just different upsides and downsides so what you've got to do is list the upsides list the downsides work out which has the greater upside and then follow that path and importantly create the plan so let's summarize then you've got to make it a clear decision for those of you who you've hated your job and your life for a long time that decision has to be quick and I encourage you to make that quick and I encourage you to get resourceful for those of you who love your job you just want a, a, a more longer term timeline and balance bringing both into play in your life you can do whatever it is you set your mind to you can run property in your business alongside it. You can run property in your job alongside. And you look at a lot of people who've got 60 hours a week, you think, oh, well, I haven't got time and it's easy for them. They've got loads of time. They can go to the networking events. I've got time and I've got kids and overhead and two jobs and I have. You have got time. You can balance it all. You just have to have a bit of a longer term plan. And you have to understand that if you're not prepared to make that jump, then they're your downsides. But you have to make the decision. You can do it. If you quit your job, I believe in you. And you can jump full time into property, personal development, speaking, whatever it is you want and make it happen. You just have to make the decision. And in some ways, burning the bridges is good. I got Mark and I fired. I didn't do it on purpose, but we couldn't exactly go back to him in three months and say, oh, sorry, mate, give us the job back. I didn't have that option, which meant I wasn't always looking over and thinking, oh, well, I've got that safety net of money and I've got that safety net of whatever. I have a few people I know in the progressive community who've got one or two years living expenses. And because of that, they're too comfortable and they're not being resourceful and they're not going out there and doing what it takes. So it's not always a good thing. Although sometimes, obviously, it is if you've got big overheads. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Anyone else doing 60 hours a week or 10 hours a week or whatever anyone else is doing, it's, it's irrelevant. And often, you, when you look at other people, you look at what's easiest for them and harder for you because naturally we have a negative bias as human beings because we need to survive and having a negative bias of pain and you know um, survival is important for us to thrive as a species and evolve so you'll look at someone and you think oh well it's easy for them because oh it's harder for me because well, that's not the reality the reality is half of it is easier for them and half of it is harder for them and, and so it is for you so don't compare yourself to anyone else make your own plan and luck I believe is equal now, um, I'm talking about first world luck because someone who's born in a third world country, they don't have the same luck as us. Uh, and, I, I, you know, we should be very grateful. You know, let, let's not bitch, moan, complain, whinge and all about, you know, we, in the first world, we've had amazing opportunities, free Internet, fast access to anything we need. Amazing communities like this for free. People like Progressive Property giving away loads of information for free and creating a clear plan for you. You know, we, we are very, very fortunate. So in the first world, I believe good luck and bad luck over a long period of time will just be distributed equally. So don't look at anyone else and think they're lucky. Don't look at you and think you're unlucky. Sometimes things you perceive as unlucky for you are the luckiest thing to happen in your life. Many people who are really successful had really bad things happen to them. And that ended up being one of the best things for them in their life. My dad had a nervous breakdown in his pub full of his customers and friends on December the 15th, 2005. And the police beat him up and they sectioned him in front of all of his customers. Well, they sectioned him afterwards. We didn't get to see him for about four to six weeks. They wouldn't let us see him. They put him in the, you know, in the sort of, in the, the, the ward of the hospital where there were some very mentally ill people. 
And um, my dad was always my hero, the man I looked up to the most and, you know, loved more than any man you could ever dream of loving and really wanted to be like him. And to see him lose his honour and dignity was the worst thing in my life. But it was the best thing in my life because I'd been relying on him and I'd been sponging off my parents and I had that safety of them always bailing me out. They put me through great schools. They gave me a great education. They paid for my education. They bought me my first car. They bought, helped me buy my first house because that was the way they saw was the best way to raise me. And, um, and it made me flippant, cocky, comfortable, entitled, all the things that probably don't help a successful entrepreneur. And were it not for that day, I would not have woken up and changed my life because the driver to help my parents and my mum and dad now are completely taken care of and looked for after for their lifetime and their lifetime after, thanks to property and what it's done for me and my business. And I take them around the world and in business class and they come and see Bobby playing all the world championships. And, you know, that's a great gift. And that's not thanks to Rob the Guru. That's thanks to that forcing me to get resourceful and getting out there and making it happen and not have it, not taking no for an answer. And also the power of property and having your own business and being an entrepreneur. So that was the best and worst day of my life in a way. So luck is equal. You'll get your good share and your bad share. So that the difference between successful and unsuccessful people is, do you grab your good share and do you push through and solve your bad share? When your wants become needs and your shoulds become musts, your life will change. So I hope you enjoyed the when, if and how you should quit your job. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, challenges, you want to add something to the debate, please post it in the thread below and make sure you're with us in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community where we can keep these discussions going. Make sure you subscribe to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast where, you know, this kind of stuff is dealt with twice a week. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.